in a populated universe. When I first realized I was an abductee, I was furious. I was angry. Do our souls live on after death? I looked around and saw no one. I realized I had seen a spirit. In 1943, an experiment allegedly took place in Pennsylvania that rendered the USS Eldridge invisible. Over 2,000 crop circles, ranging from simple shapes to complex pictograms, have shown up in Japan, Australia, the former Soviet Union, and the U.S. Is something really out there? Three more U.S. senators received a classified briefing about UFOs. It is often suggested that Big Pharma has kept the public sick purely for the profit. Strange, inexplicable events are taking place in towns across the country. Shortly after Princess Diana was killed in a car crash on August 31, 1997, conspiracy theories emerged suggesting she had been murdered. Uncertainty produces a lot of anxiety for people and conspiracy theories are one way that our brain is trying to cope with it. The Elvis Lives controversy got going in earnest with publication of a picture a fan took at Graceland after Presley's funeral. Now you saw Elvis where? In the grocery store in Vicksburg. It seems fewer and fewer Americans believe the official U.S. government account of the assassination that Lee Harvey Oswald murdered the president and probably acted alone. Believers of the chemtrail conspiracy have said that traces left in the sky by some airplanes are actually biological or chemical Those who charge a conspiracy as being carried on by scientists and the military to cover up visitations from outer space. The wildly popular Netflix original show called Stranger Things is probably not strange to you. You've probably seen it. I've watched all three seasons. I love it. My kids love it. My family loves it. I grew up in the 80s. I have that nostalgia. My kids are jealous because everything that comes up in that show from the arcades to the restaurants to the cars to the fashion, I look at them and to the music and I go to the hairstyles. That was my life. A lot of people don't know that watch that show, Stranger Things, was based on something very real in the early 1980s called the Montauk Project. But before we get into all things Montauk, we really have to go back to the early 1940s. Because there was an experiment done by the government that connects space and time to the early 80s at Montauk. It's a thing called the Philadelphia Experiment. The great Albert Einstein had a theory called the Unified Field Theory. Now, here's what the Unified Field Theory theorized. Mathematically, physically, electromag netically with gravity that they were all interrelated in nature and in their forces in other words he had a theory where you could knight all of their respective fields into one 
single field. According to some accounts, unspecified researchers thought that some version of the field would enable using large electrical generators to bend light around an object via refraction so that the object became completely invisible, cloaking. The U.S. Navy regarded this of military value with Albert Einstein, and it sponsored an experiment. In this particular experiment, around World War II, the U.S. government was participating in a program called Operation Paperclip, where we would take Nazi scientists way more advanced than us, and we would bring them secretly back to the United States to start the Jet Propulsion Laboratories, to start NASA, to start delving into marrying the physical with the occult. We were starting to use magnetic and gravitational measurements on the seafloor to detect anomalies, supposedly based on Einstein's attempts to understand gravity. And so when it comes to the Philadelphia experiment, there are related experiments in Nazi Germany to find anti-gravity. And we will talk about this when we talk about the Nazi bell. This story of the Philadelphia experiment was also a movie in the early 80s. The accounts happen around a ship, a U.S. naval ship called the USS Eldridge, that was fitted with this particular equipment in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. All accounts say the story began in the summer of 1943. It was going to be a limited experiment. If you and I know anything about the government, when something works... Where there's smoke, there's fire. Nothing is limited. There are no bounds. They will not go. So they bring this equipment. Nikolai Tesla is involved as well. Just This was just near his death. He had been working on uh, many things related to this, and we will cover that over, this, over the course of this series. But as the story goes, in 1943, in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, they bring this equipment aboard it. And the idea is, of course, to be able to cloak something as large as a naval ship. As you know, we have stealth technology uh, to this day, but that just renders radar useless in most cases by, as you know, the shape of a stealth fighter, anything stealthy. It's the angles, it's the panels, it's the way it absorbs it, okay? We're talking about an experiment that could in theory, make an object appear to disappear. That was the working theory. So the tests begin in the summer of 1943. But what happens as they, long story short, since this isn't just, you know, in scope on the Philadelphia experiment, indeed, this is about the Montauk project and, and what it has to do with what Stranger Things has brought to light. It all is connected with this Philadelphia experiment. Long story short, they fire this thing up. And I would say Nikolai Tesla and Albert Einstein were f in many ways far more advanced than we are now. More on that later. Around the ship, as they fire up this equipment, the, the, reportedly this equipment looked like the Tesla coils, but much larger. They were brought upon the ship. That there was this greenish fog appearing in place where the ship was. 
crew members. They still had some crew members on there during this experiment. They weren't sure how it was going to go, what was, what was going to happen. Many of the crew members complained of nausea. The ship was replaced with a green fog. And as it came back into view... They found something horrific had happened upon the ship. Not only were some sick, but some crew members, listen to this, were embedded in the metal hull and the structures of the ship, including one sailor who ended up on the deck level right below where he began the experiment. He was fully embedded in the steel walls of the ship. Other sailors went completely insane. It's like the ship started to disappear and however it reappeared, if you were in the middle of one of the hulls or, or a wall or a physical object, you would then be fused to that as the ship reappeared. It was horrifying. Indeed, it rendered the USS Eldridge invisible to radar, but it also made it invisible to the naked eye. And that was something we could use. As experiments continued on the USS Eldridge, one of these attempts rendered the destroyer completely, not just invisible, but reportedly gone, where it reappeared in a completely different harbor port city. And some of the most famous accounts to come out of this are two men that were said to have been on that ship that actually hit a wormhole in the process and traveled 40 years into the future. 40 years from 1943 puts a square in the middle of the early 80s, in the middle of a thing called Project Montauk, in the middle of a world that we know as Stranger Things in the Upside Down. The cultural phenomenon that we now know as Stranger Things was sold under the working title Montauk, and before producers switched the setting to a small town in Indiana. The eerie action of season 1 was going to take place way out at the eastern end of Long Island. But the thread looped through the 8 Stranger Things episodes. The idea that contact between Eleven and the Demogorgon may have opened the portal to the Upside Down has roots in an incident that researchers believe occurred in Montauk in 1983, and ended secret experiments that the U.S. military had been conducting on children for four decades. The real-life inspiration for Stranger Things is a secret base in Montauk. Netflix's hit sci-fi series was originally titled Project Montauk after the covert government operation on Long Island. 
that allegedly used child runaways as human test subjects. Mind control and time travel were just two of the experiments rumored to have been done under the Montauk Project umbrella. The original work on the experiment came to Long Island but was begun at the Brookhaven National Laboratory on Long Island, New York, under the name Project Phoenix. But they soon realized it was going to need a bigger radar dish. And if they installed one at Brookhaven, it would compromise the security of the project. So, luckily for them, the United States Air Force had a decommissioned base at Montauk, New York, not far from Brookhaven, which had a complete semi-automatic ground environment or SAGE radar insulation. The site was huge and it was remote. Montauk was not yet a tourist attraction and water access would allow equipment to be moved in and out undetected. So the equipment was moved to Camp Hero at the Montauk base in the late 1960s and installed in an underground bunker beneath the base. Now, according to conspiracy theorists, to mask the nature of the project, and we see this a lot in government projects, the site was closed in 1969 and a very large donation as a quote-unquote wildlife refuge park began, with the provision that everything underground would remain the property of the United States Air Force. Now, rumors that the U.S. government had been conducting experiments in psychological warfare in Montauk at either Camp Hero or the Montauk Air Force Station began to bubble up in the mid-1980s. A man by the name of Preston Bede Nichols writes on these supposed events in the Montauk Project Experiments in Time in 1982. Nichols says he recovered suppressed, repressed memories as he watched a movie on the Philadelphia Experiment and he knew that others were involved in the Montauk project. He started collaborating with them, talking with them, getting them to come forward in these experiments that were done to the mind, done to the body, done in an attempt to travel through time, telekinesis. Many things the government was very familiar with. Many of these people were gone missing forever. The scope of what was happening in Montauk in the early 80s is expansive and includes many conspiracy theories. But we're going to stick around 1983 for our talk today and understanding that where there is smoke with any conspiracy theory, there is always fire. Where there is a hint that something could be possible. I believe the Bible, and I believe the supernatural prove indeed that all things are possible. As the claims go, in one of these events with the USS Eldridge in the Philadelphia Experiment, a man by the name of Al Bielek was on that ship and was teleported to the early 1980s. And his memory started flooding back in the late 80s, early 90s. He said when he re-emerged from the 1940s into the 1980s, his name was Edward Cameron. Ed Bielek went on to present this at the Mutual UFO Network Conference. He talked much about the Philadelphia Experiment and its link with a wormhole that sucked the ship and its men 
into the future into 1983 to Camp Hero, Montauk, on August 12th. The military promptly sent them back through the wormhole with a mission. Destroy the equipment on the USS Eldridge. Now, according to Bielek, the brothers completed their mission, though that didn't stop the government from doing more experiments on building portholes into the future. My name is Christopher Garitano, and I've been researching the Montauk Project for over 10 years. So I spent almost a decade of having my head filled with these stories, these legends of time travel, mind control, Nazis, aliens, and according to witnesses and alleged survivors, it all happened beneath the Camp Hero Air Force Base in Montauk, New York. According to the official story, the Camp Hero Air Force Base was a place to defend the east coast of the United States against Nazi attack during World War II. But then things get shady because after World War II, the United States recruited Nazi scientists and used them for a variety of things to develop weaponry and technology. And the people allegedly involved in the Montauk Project claimed that these same Nazi scientists were brought down to Camp Hero to develop the Montauk Project. The year is 1948. The radar tower at Fort Hero in Montauk was finally put up and the standstill fight against the Russians in the Cold War is underway. Operating for 40 years, it was known to be one of the most efficient United States Air Force bases at its time with military officers at the phone constantly ready to give the call to DC that there was a nuclear war. Many conspiracies also surround the radar tower and it's said to have tested on communications with other dimensions. Locals also claim the disappearance of children, training these young men to one day be a spy for the US government via mind control, or the 21st century version of the Netflix show Stranger Things. The Montauk Project is, according to the stories and the legends, a covert government operation that illegally recruited human subjects uh, runaway kids for purposes of mind control and some of the more elaborate stories are time travel, interstellar travel, interdimensional travel, and reverse engineering of extraterrestrial technology. But the, the core idea in the, in the Montauk project was a, a wrangling of human experiments and this isn't Far from fact, it's not fiction because we know about things like MKUltra and we know about things like the Holmesburg prison experiments. All of these secret government mind control programs, these, are, these things have been proven. And so there were hearings in 1995. Bill Clinton actually apologized for some of them. Thousands of government-sponsored experiments did take place at hospitals, universities, and military bases around our nation. These experiments were kept secret. The United States of America offers a sincere apology to those of our citizens who were subjected to these experiments. So we know these things happened, and it's, it's not science fiction. And so this is why Stranger Things could be based on a true story. Now, my wife and my kids, 
were asking me the other day about technology these days, and they looked at me and they said, can you explain how in the world we have come so far in the last 100 years? This is a question that you've asked yourself before. Maybe this is a question that you've even Googled or done some research on. How in the world did we go from horse and buggies and torches <laughs> and dying of the bubonic plague to just 150 years later? I mean, guys, the moon landing was 60 years ago. <laughs> so we'll do a lot when it comes to this conspiracy line of episodes that we're doing on the Nazis. Because the Nazis had far advanced technology compared to us at the time. Because the Nazis had brought the occult into the equation. Now, many of our conspiracy theories will lead back towards the Nazis, but they can be traced back well, thousands of years, but to the early 1900s with Aleister Crowley, whom I believe opened up a porthole that had everything to do with Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. Okay, let me just stop to the Christian that follows my podcasts, <laughs> loves to through the Bible, but is very skeptical about the freaky deaky. I would say to you, Thank you for being here. I am conspiratorially minded. If you're new to drilling down, I do have a tinfoil hat that I can definitely put on. I have been studying all of this for 35 years. I know it's crazy. I've told you this before, but I'll retell you again. I can remember being, well, let's say 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, just like Stranger Things, on my BMX bike. At the time, I had a Schwinn uh, with the pads, you know, on the front handlebars and... Oh, yellow mag wheels. Oh, my goodness. Pads on the, the crossbar in front so you didn't rack yourself. I was. I was, Stranger Things. Guys, I would go, we didn't have the internet, obviously, so I, this would have been in, well, this would have been in about 1984. I would go to the uh, library, bike down to my library, and I would get books out on the paranormal, whether, whether it be ghost stories or... Uh, UFO books on UFO sightings or one of my favorite was the the Patterson Gimlet film book uh, on Sasquatch on Bigfoot and we'll cover that in an episode and I can remember checking out a Bigfoot book many times getting back on my BMX bike probably had a backpack and we had a metro park in Toledo, Ohio, where I grew up. One of them was called Swan Creek Metro Park. And I would go out to Swan Creek and I would bike as a, as a 10-year-old into the woods as deep as I could. And I would find like a fallen log to sit on. And I would jump up on that log and I would sit there and I would read books on Sasquatch. And then try to find one. <laughs> All by myself. <laughs> So be warned, I have a past in this. I have a passion for this. But if you are a Christian and you are listening to this and you like my Through the Bible series, but you hear this kind of stuff and you go, oh, no way, I'm out. I don't like this conspiracy thing. I don't like this paranormal thing. I don't like this idea that anything can exist beyond my space and time. It just is too sci-fi. I've seen too many, many movies. I don't believe it. 
I would encourage you to go back through my episodes and realize how supernatural the Bible is. We're going to hear from a few, an interview with a few people surrounding Project Montauk that will talk about what it was like with mind control. Now, as you go, oh, men in black, the flashy things, guys. MK Ultra mind control has been around for a very long time. As you heard that clip, President Clinton came out in the 90s and apologized. They were horrific things that were done in the 40s, 50s, 60s in insane asylums and uh, guys into, into missing people, adults, children, as they were given psychedelics, as they were they were treated to horrible tests in all kinds of attempts to either brainwash, to control, to erase. The limits were pushed under scientific and government guises. Now, the claims of this particular story involve wormholes, time travel, other dimensions popping in and out. Just like the UFO phenomenon. Go back and listen to my episode on UFOs. Friends, the Bible is littered with time travel and wormholes. <laughs> you just heard them as kid stories. We uncover those at Drilling Down. Because what happens in Stranger Things? What happened at the Philadelphia Experiment? What happened at Montauk, the Camp Hero, is nothing new. Satan, fallen angels, his demons have an agenda and it plays out in the book of Revelation and in the book of Daniel. And a version of all of this happens in the end time account by the Holy Scriptures and the capital God, supreme above all lowercase gods. You can choose not to believe every aspect and you are wise to do so out of any of these conspiracy theories that we talk about. But I will certainly tell you friends, where there is smoke, there is fire. Where there is science fiction, there is a shred of truth. Where there is secrecy, there is cover-up. Because when the supernatural lines up with our reality, the truth is, we're closer to what the Bible teaches than you might think. After World War II, the United States recruited Nazi scientists and used them for a variety of things, 
to develop weaponry and technology. According to people allegedly involved in the Montauk project, those same scientists went on to Camp Hero in Montauk, New York, to conduct frightening and illegal experiments. As far as government cover-ups go, the Montauk project may be one of the most well-guarded secret government projects that ever existed. Chemical mind control, psychological, the use of PA systems, propaganda. The Montauk project, which was an experiment carried on at Montauk Point, New York, mm -hmm. on the southeastern tip of Long Island, was essentially two projects. It was a mind control project where they did research on how to uh, you know, influence the mind of man using electromagnetics. It also developed, evolved into a time travel project. They found out that they could actually bend time with the same equipment that they used to bend mines. But they found themselves in a vortex that the boat was in, like a wormhole in space and time, and they came out at Montauk Point in 1983. So they jumped 40 years? Yeah, they jumped 40 years, because the wormhole was from Philadelphia, 1943, all the way to Montauk, 1983. you to do as much research on Montauk as you can. You can Google it. You can see the giant abandoned radar tower still there. You can find many uh, YouTube videos of guys breaking in, going around, uh, exploring some of the grounds, although they can't get to any of the underground uh, portions of it that are there because they have long since been abandoned and flooded with seawater. Where there's smoke, there is fire. One of the very unique aspects of Montauk is a thing called the Montauk Chair. This is a lot like Professor X. Where did they get that idea from? In X-Men. The idea that however it worked, however it was powered, was said to be from here we go, otherworldly devices that were back-engineered. Now, this sounds a lot like Area 51 and Bob Lazar. Of course it does, and we'll have a lot to go on that. What was happening in this chair? The idea was that you could make something reappear somewhere else with your mind, and only a few people were able to do this and not die. Only a few people were able to operate the chair. We're listening to one of the men that claims he was that man. Now, anytime portholes are opened, anytime we can summon something from somewhere else, we understand from a biblical perspective that always has to do with the occult. The dish was believed to transmit radio signals in the 425 to 450 megahertz range in order to penetrate human consciousness, making a person susceptible to mind control. The Phoenix 2 scientists realized that by changing the rate and width of the pulse, 
they could alter the way people felt. They experimented with making people laugh, cry, get angry, and grow sleepy. Aside from the sage dish, one of the most important pieces of technology in the Montauk project was the Montauk chair. An interface device that was used to boost a test subject's psychic energy in order to help them perform a variety of tasks. No one knows or remembers where the chair's technology came from. Although it's most likely that most, if not all, of the chair's parts come from extraterrestrial technology. The most accomplished member of Montauk's team of psychic researchers, Duncan Cameron, began to work on creating solid objects via telekinesis thanks to the increase in psychic energy from the Montauk chair. Some of the research a number of people have been involved in uh, came to something called the Montauk chair. It was this um, off-planet technology that had sensors all over the body, it was detecting the biofilms. Um, part of some of the research went into anyone with a bit of training could connect up to this esoteric, this hardware, hardware was huge psycho, psychoactive hardware that could outrun the speed of light. After the success of the spontaneous object creation project, it was discovered that a side effect of the tests was that the flow of time was altered when objects that were being materialized appeared earlier or later than they were meant to. This caused Montauk to enter a third phase of research. It was found that by focusing their psychic energy, guys like Duncan Cameron could open what was referred to as a time tunnel. As you can imagine, initial versions of the time tunnels were not structurally sound, and rather than send government researchers to certain doom, they allegedly began to kidnap large numbers of homeless people to use as test subjects. It's believed that most of the test subjects never returned. Whether you're familiar with what is in the Bible or not, most people will objectively even look at the Bible and say, yes, I believe that it is, for the most part, I mean, it's a good book. It teaches good things. Now, for the Christian, you can't pick and choose what you want to see in the Bible and what you don't. For those that have a bent toward the supernatural, like me, I'm just choosing to take what's in the scriptures and see where that parallel might be happening in reality. You can't take part of the Bible and leave the rest. L.A. Marzulli has always said the Bible is indeed the guidebook to the supernatural. You cannot Take one part of the Bible and leave the rest. In the Bible, we see prophets supernaturally seeing an accurate future. 
we see that a particular king named Solomon had supernatural abilities to make right decisions. There was a thing called an ephod, the orim and the thumim, which supernaturally guided someone into making the correct decision. We have prophets in the Bible that could make heavy axe heads float from the bottom of the water to the top of the water. Sometimes men in the Bible would completely disappear from this reality, from this dimension. Jesus, in his resurrected state, teleported and walked through walls and walked straight through locked doors. Men died from supernatural beings, like the Passover in Egypt. Supernatural beings in the Bible caused some men to go blind. By supernatural means, a woman was turned into a pillar of salt instantly. Fallen angels in the Bible mated with women supernaturally and produced supernatural, literal giants called the Nephilim. Wooden staffs were supernaturally turned into serpents. A whole clan was followed up into the ground supernaturally. Rocks producing water for millions of people were struck by a wooden staff supernaturally. Angels appearing in terrifying glory supernaturally. Demons being cast into pigs supernaturally. A single man literally slaying 600 Philistine men with an ox bone. A man tearing a lion apart with his bare hands supernaturally. Men standing in flaming infernos, walking around untouched, supernaturally. A man in control of the rain and weather for three years, supernaturally. Fire raging down to consume offerings, supernaturally. Vast bodies of water being supernaturally ripped apart and safe passage being given. People being raised from the dead, supernaturally. An entire army struck with blindness and teleported supernaturally. Part of one whole day suspended as the sun stopped and the earth stood still supernaturally. Giant fish swallowing a man whole to transport him safely supernaturally. Water changing into wine supernaturally. People healed of diseases supernaturally. Flames of fire coming over men to infuse them with a supernatural spirit. Prison doors that are chained and locked, breaking open supernaturally. Powerful supernatural beings battling powerful evil angels in the sky for weeks at a time supernaturally. And that is only part of what we see in the Bible. From the good guys and from the bad guys. Equally attainable through the right conversations from us as humans, portholes being opened, whether through our prayers, through space and time, or whether through our incantations and our evil, malevolent intentions. Both sides are there. Both sides are attainable. And the Bible says that both sides will be there in the end 
for one final battle. You can't take part of the Bible and leave the rest. But so how did then the, the, that, the, those experiments and work, the work there in Montauk play into the Philadelphia Experiment Project of which, like you said, like you said, it was supposed to be about cloaking of ships, but ultimately open dimensions and may have opened a time portal. That's correct. And the whole purpose originally of, of the study was to why did people go crazy when they went out of this dimension? Why did they have suffer? So then they began to play with that. But instead of doing it as a healing, it became a when you talk about human potential, it wasn't human potential for the people involved. It was human potential for the uh, for the dark lords that were controlling the project and, and using it as an opportunity for warfare which is inevitably what things are done. So it was being done for what I call it, psychic warfare, psychic spying. So then it had a, a whole uh, agenda all of its own. So Montauk became a very, uh, I guess, agenda-driven base for dark forces. Now, when you get into the connections, I was talking about Cameron, and it gets right into the Aleister Crowley connection because what they were essentially training Duncan Cameron was to be an antichrist, and they would play off the energy of the Christ and the antichrist, which is polarity research of the most esoteric kind. It would have involved occult magic, but it also was bridging it to electronics. So they're playing with these energies, but they were essentially raising the antichrist is what they were doing. Uh, there's theories that Hitler was raising the antichrist so as to bring in the Christ. We can argue about these things, but they were playing with this energy in any case. This is why you have Aleister Crowley and the number 666 coming up in much of the synchronistic research that I ended up doing. Right. Well, he, he believed he was the great beast of the apocalypse, exactly. who's, again, that's supposed to invoke the apocalypse. And he intentionally, if you read Moonchild, talks about how they were invoking rituals to create the First World War as a necessary uh, antithesis to the coming aeon, essentially, right? You need a blood, he said bloody sacrifice is necessary to the raising of the crowned and conquering child, the age of Horus. So basically the idea was that these, these wars were a necessary ingredient in the alchemical process. And that's, that's all from Crowley's own words. Blood sacrifice is, is a, a typical of an occult ritual. You even see it in uh, Christianity, where the son of God is, uh, you know, a blood sacrifice. Right, exactly. Um, so in the case of Crowley, who do you say was, you're saying who was, who was creating him as the beast? Do you think this was, this relates to these people that we're talking about, or is it a more of a, an esoteric level? Well, it gets to an esoteric level indeed, because, because Crowley died in his human form, you have to wonder what he was, because magic is all about sympathies. And when you're dealing with quantum physics, you're dealing with quantum resonance or quantum affinity. So you have, you, you look at it scientifically, you call it resonance. If you look at it with voodoo or magic, you're calling it sympathies. So uh, all of these characters from the Camerons uh, were tied sympathetically to Crowley. And Crowley was trying to do all these strange things. So this is sympathetically, quantum resonantly tied to all those negative things. And when you see the negative things that you hear about Montauk and the people who are involved in it, it's all negative. So. It's, it's like, was he involved? It doesn't really matter because there were a lot of murders in Cornwall, England, where he, he ran an experiment off of Cornwall where he sent this energy to Montauk in about 1943. It all comes back to that question my wife and my kids asked me. How in the world 
did we go from where we were 125 years ago to where we are today, being that by and large, not that many changes that happened in a few thousand years. I believe a porthole was opened up in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, in an attempt to get the old gods back that the Bible talks about. For the transgressions of Genesis chapter 6, to those fallen angels that are locked in Tartarus into the depths only to be released in the final hours of the end times. It's all in the book of Revelation in the Bible. Apollyon, Apollos. You wonder why NASA names all of its missions after Roman gods? Friends, a porthole has been opened to what Nimrod was trying to do so long ago at the Tower of Babel. To defy the true living God to stand in defiance against him and build a mountain not to reach heaven but to symbolically open a porthole and bring the old gods back to this dimension it's the only chance Satan has it's the only chance the enemy has at trying to defeat Yahweh his army you bring humans into it you corrupt our DNA you change us to your side you do it through AI you do it through DNA manipulation you do it through cloning you do it through portholes being opened in the quantum physics right now what they're doing with D-Wave computers I believe it is not just our government holding back on what their true intentions are. I believe it is a push for a one world government, a global government that will one day be reigned by the Antichrist himself in power from the beast, who will empower a religious false prophet over a Roman Empire. to defeat God and his armies once and for all. Friends, if you don't believe there is a war at play, you choose to not see what's coming, what we can do about it. The answers are all in the word of God, but you can't just take part of it. You have to take all of it. The Bible says that in the last days, those who choose to become as the gods, those who choose to have their DNA changed, those who choose to be transhuman, will indeed be irredeemable, as irredeemable as the Nephilim tribes were upon Israel entering the land of Canaan. So shall it be in the last days. Will you take that mark? 
or will you say yes to all of who God is and not just part of him?